0: Hope you're hungry,
1: cause you're listening to Everybody Eats. And a lot of times, people look at their money and the expenses is is matches their income. And yeah. I said, if if that's the case, then one of your goals should be, you know, to to achieve that benchmark of. My expenses is only 7% of my income. And two ways to do that is to one, obviously, is to increase your income, which we talked about earlier, Ubers Lyft, and other streams of income. But another one is to reduce your expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you'd be surprised. A lot of us, and myself included, there's ways to reduce your expenses. You was to take a hard look into it. You could say, you know what? I don't need to spend eight hundred dollars in customized each month. You know, I can I can I can I can uh, I don't I don't necessarily have to do that
0: welcome welcome back what's up everybody to another episode of the everybody eats podcast it's your boy Bensky belazer we have Edom ekp co-host on the phone and we're here with a great guest um someone i met a couple years back mr jabari richards hey what's up jabari hey
1: what's going on thank you guys so much for having me on this episode i'm, I'm looking forward to uh, our exchange
0: oh of course of course so um, for those listening, those watching, make sure you follow us on all our platforms on Instagram. We're at uh, everybody underscore eats podcast on Instagram. That's where we show our videos, updates, all that great stuff, posting great articles. Um, so make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our YouTube channel is now up. I'm working on getting those, um, all our previous episodes up on there, but we are on YouTube now. So make sure that you like subscribe, share with your friends. Um, on apple podcast spotify make sure you like and subscribe um and leave a review if you if you really like the content leave a review um and we're just at the end of this uh, this is at the can't even talk this is the end of the year coming up to the end of the year so i just want to say thank you to all of our listeners all our supporters um domestic and abroad wherever you are we really appreciate y'all so after all that, let's get into today's episode. Uh, Jabari, how about you introduce yourself? Where are you from? What do you do? And then we'll get into our first segment.
1: Yep, no problem. Uh, so yeah, so like you said, my name is Jabari Richards. I am currently a senior financial analyst at a holding company uh, located down in Dumbo. Uh, we hold over about 16 to 18 companies um, at the at the moment, depending on how you classify the companies, it um, ranges from between 16 and 18. Okay. Uh, yep. And so that's that's my current position. Uh, before that, uh, from a, from starting from a collegiate level, I studied accounting at SUNY Albany. And after I graduated from SUNY Albany, I spent some time at Ursi Young, um, and that's where I started. That's where I started my career and learning the foundations and in audit. And then after that, I had a couple of smaller other, other gigs between like startups and big companies. And now I'm here at this at this current company. Um, the company is called TogetherWork. Work. I've been here for about um, eight months, so my my one year is, is is in about four more months, but it feels a lot longer. Um, and uh, so yeah, that's a little background in terms of where I'm from. I'm actually uh, born and raised in uh, Jamaica Queens. New York. I still, yep, yep. Uh, I st- I still I still reside, reside in Queens now. To be particular, I live I live in Springfield Gardens. Okay. Um And that's kind of like a quick summary. I don't know if there's anything else you want me to add, but that's a little like quick. Uh, snapshot of who i am
0: no for sure that's that's perfect um shout out to queens springfield gardens that's like
1: that's like q4 route almost
0: uh yeah yeah q4 q5 got you got you yeah back when i used to have to take the bus (laughs) (laughs) bus. for sure um jabari i feel like i met jabari i think i was a sophomore at queen's I don't know if I met you at the NABBA conference or if it was after the NABBA conference. I know you you definitely came to one of our events. Yep.
1: Um, and yep. I
0: know we got connected through NABBA, but I, but I don't remember the exact first time. But essentially, um, yeah, like back when I met you, I believe you you were back at Ernst Young. And um, just appreciate you, you know, staying connected and um, being on today's episode. So thank you for
1: that. Yeah, shout, shout out to NABBA and then also shout out to the Queen's. College chapter of of, of NABBA for inviting me and to be on the panel. Um I forgot what year that was, but it was a it was a it was a few years ago. I believe I was my in my second year at Ersin Young and the yeah. panel consisted of um, myself and two other professionals, or yeah. maybe it was one other professional that was more senior. So you have someone that was like super juniors, like a second year, and then someone else. I believe he was like in his fourth or five years to kind of give like, you know, better perspective as you know, a recent someone in corporate. Life and as well as someone that's a little bit more experienced. So yeah, man, that was a that was a, that was a good time, and I'm glad uh we was able to uh keep in contact.
0: Yeah, definitely. That was um, it was Kahinde Moore. Um, that that was who the other person was. So um, we're gonna oh, have nice. to reach out to him. Definitely oh, reach absolutely. out to him. Yeah, get him on the podcast. So he's been a great. Ah, uh, connect. But shout out to NABA. Honestly, we talk about it a bunch, but NABA that really that organization really put me in touch with a lot of people. Um, it taught me a lot. Honestly, almost everything I know now regarding business entrepreneurship it stems from NABA. So um, my heart goes out to that organization, uh, to the people in that organization, and the organizations like it, Alpha and Ascend, and all that. So definitely, um, if you're if you're an undergrad, graduate school, it's never too late. If you have a NABA Alpha or Ascend. Um, if you don't know if you have a chapter, just google it. And if you do have a chapter at school, doesn't matter what major you're in, definitely get plugged in with those organizations because they they'll only help you whether it's resume writing, interview skills, whatever skills you need, in any profession it doesn't have to be just business. Um, definitely go check out those those organizations. So, now let's get into today's topic. Um, today we'll be discuss- discussing mainly the importance and um, the purpose of financial literacy, and then we'll touch into some trading. So um, okay. I know Jabari, you've expressed that you have um, you have a passion for financial literacy. Um, yeah. So me personally, more I, that's something that you know I've been conscious of, and definitely the older I get and the more mature, that's something I'm being more more conscious of. Of. How I spend my money, where I spend my money, saving money, investing, and just like knowing what to do. Honestly, at the end of the day, knowing what to do with your money, um, you know, because there's a lot of things that you can do. So, um, me personally, that's something I'm learning a lot now, Um, and it's fun. You know, it just feels a little bit more responsible, and you feel like you have a little bit more control of your finances, of your future, and things like that. So, um, what would you say? Like, is your what Either what got you into financial literacy, like what, what got you, what introduced you to it and like why why is it something that, you know, you, you feel passionate about at this moment?
1: Yeah, no problem. Um, wow. and, and similar to what, to what you were saying too, like I, I'm too am learning myself. Um, I'm constantly reading about it or, you know, or talking to other people who tend to be financially um, savvy. And, and so it's for me too, it's like a continuing uh, process uh, so by no means, like, am, am am I on Google or anything like that? But like you said, like you mentioned, I do have a passion to to learn about it. Um, and w- what really is driving me is that, you know, growing up and something within my family, and I think this is also maybe a culture thing too as well. And I say that because I've I seen this within my peers and yeah. peers as, you know, people who look like me, me being, I, I uh, classify as African-American male. Uh, we don't really talk about, uh, we don't really learn financial literacy uh, growing up, right? Yeah. Uh, at least at least the individuals that I talk to. And I can't speak to other cultures because I, I'm not too familiar with other cultures, but I definitely know within uh, the black culture and, and the people i have talked to, that seems to be uh, some, a topic that doesn't get a lot of attention uh, throughout, throughout throughout our um, teenage years and adolescence. So what really got me in, into, um, in terms of financial literacy and being financially savvy, is that when I, when I started working full-time, I was, I was making money, and I, and the, but my, my savings account wasn't, wasn't moving. And yeah. it was it was it was kind of depressing, and I was just like, "Yo, what, like, what the heck is 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 going on with my money? Like, why, <laughs> why, why?" Am my... <laughs> yeah, you said, say that say that again?
0: It was just coming and going.
1: Yeah, is, is that exactly, exactly, and I didn't really understand like where it was going because at that at that time, um, fresh out of college, uh, you know, I wasn't, I, I was making I was making decent money, especially for an individual that didn't really have too much overhead or or expenses. You know, I'm living at home. Um, I don't have any major expenses besides like small little bills here and there. So I was like, I had no idea like where my money was going, why my savings account um, wasn't moving. Like my savings account, let's say it had five hundred dollars on January first. You know, eight months later, it was still only have like five hundred dollars <laughs> and, and a few change. You know, given the little small little joke of an interest that the bank gives you. So, so that's what so that's what got me so that's what got me into it and, and being and being more serious as if as it relates to my finance. It yeah. really started, um I mean, that's when I really started taking it more seriously. I would say um post post college. Gotcha, gotcha.
0: So what would you say was your first step? How did you start learning about it? Was it just like reading, speaking to people, your environment changed?
1: Yeah, So part of part of it was it was was speaking speaking to people. Um I started I started as just Naturally gravitating towards people who were like financially um, savvy, and I, and I figured that I, that I usually through like com- conversations or, or I met them like at an event or so or, or some sort, and um um you know started speaking to them about it. And I think one of the, one of the things I started doing early on was I started monitoring my expenses. Because uh, yeah. oftentimes you don't really, uh, if you don't monitor your, 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 the type of spending that you're doing, then you don't really know where your money money is going, right? Yeah, or yeah. You, tr- you try to do it when it's too late. You know, you're like, yo, what the heck did I spend my money on the last four or five months? So I started taking a more deep dive into my um, expenses and seeing where my money is going and where I could cut back on and see where I was spending too much money on. And then once I started doing that, then I started seeing progress. Uh, being made in my, I started to see my savings account, but um, that's how I initially started was just really just monitoring my expenses and seeing what, what could be cut.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So I know for myself, um, I've been blessed cause my, my dad is very, very particular where he spends his money and how he spends his money. So I kind of just grew up with that mindset cause he was very, nice. like very, um, uh, meticulous. Um, but then again, like, you know, hearing it and practicing it are two different things obviously. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, during, during high school, why, when, when I had my job, I didn't really like, I didn't really have that many expenses in high school. So saving wasn't really that much of an issue, right. but obviously like whenever you want to go to McDonald's with your friends, I was like, yeah, like, you know, just blow it. Right. And then probably like during college, after college, during college, it became a little bit more serious when I was like, all right, my expenses actually like started matter uh, started to matter. They were like going a little bit, um, they, they were getting higher. Then I was like, all right, cool. Like, I have to be, I for real have to be more conscious. And I've had times where it's like, sometimes it's, like, yeah, the same. I feel like the same thing. Like, I get a check and then all of a sudden, like,
1: whoa, where did yes, it go? It's, it's, it's going, yeah. Yeah,
0: It's just like, exactly. Right? <laughs> uh, like,
2: yeah, I definitely, yeah, like relate in the sense that, um, unlike Bensky, I wasn't blessed to have a job in high school. <laughs> uh, I didn't start working until uh, the summer right before I started college. And Honestly, every check was gone, 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 gone. Because before then, it was like, all right, my parents give me allowance, you know, X amount of dollars a week. And then, um, you know, I'd save. But then now that I have my own money, it's just like, you know, all right, I want this, this PlayStation. I'm going to buy it. You know, $600, that's flight, You know, I want, I want some <laughs> food. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm eat that, you know. Uber, yeah, I'll, I'll take that, you know. Like, I don't got to take no bus or public transportation. So, definitely saving was not in my vocabulary the minute I got a job because financial freedom at that point like equated to like in my opinion a lot of other less restrictions you know you're not uh restricted on your parents expenses or their wallet right. or how much they right. make so
0: now for sure so one thing that um like I said it wasn't really into like my I guess later college years when I started to take it more seriously and kind of like you said it was like just surrounding yourself with people you know, who kind of think differently, surrounding yourself, with people who are a little bit more wiser when it comes to financial literacy. Then it yep. starts to yep. kind of like change your mindset change, your conversations change. Um, one of my mentors is actually Mark Barber, so definitely we're gonna have to get him um on one of these um episodes. Oh, nice. But like him, him and my dad both kind of had like similar mindsets and just like when it comes to saving money, and he would they would always like drill it into me. Um, like for example, like if you get five dollars, like save two, live off the three. You know what I mean? So, like mm. simple things like that where you know after a while you, you start to realize and it becomes like part of it it becomes a little bit of a habit and becomes part of discipline um of just like all right once you get money pay yourself first right and then the rest is what you can you know spend on your bills and then obviously like your legion and your entertainment um so that's something that Lately, I've been like, I'm definitely I'm doing right now. And like, it, it definitely takes a little discipline. It's not always easy because it's like, oh, I want to buy this, especially during like holiday season. Right. It's like everybody wants to go buy something. You want to buy gifts, want to buy something for yourself. But definitely like being able to know, like, all right, let me put this money aside for myself for later, you know, and then let me live off of this, the rest. Right. If I have the two dollars, right. go live off the three dollars. Let me pay the bills with one dollar and let me pay something else with the other dollar. And then this last dollar, I could go spend it on myself. You know, and obviously you do that to a bigger extreme when you're getting paychecks, you know what I mean? But that's just a little analogy that essentially, like, I've been trying to live off of, especially if you have, like, a goal. Like, if you're looking to buy something or invest in something, like, that's when it, that's what I learned. Like, it definitely takes discipline. And, like, when you have a goal, it makes it a little bit easier because you're saving for something. You know what I mean? But, But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's just, it's just discipline. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just, I think that's just a good lesson. So, um, right now also, I know you mentioned, uh, like trading. So could you, could you explain, um, pretty much like how, how did you get into that? How does that tie into financial literacy? And, uh, could you speak on that?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, no problem. So when it comes to, uh, so yeah, so after after I started to be taking my expenses um, more seriously, um, as 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 a byproduct of that, I started to see my savings account um, start to start to um, increase, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, one thing that I learned just through a conversation with like with mentors and just uh, just just. Through my own research is that it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense to have all your money sitting in cash. Obviously, um, you know, you guys are like finance and economics backgrounds. You know that if you have your money in saving the savings account, you're actually losing more money over time. Could you, of- could you actually
0: explain for that for those who don't know? what Like, why, what does that mean? Like, why, why not just holding in cash?
1: Yep, yeah, because it's the it's the, the power. Uh, you know, you know, I sometimes I have difficulty explaining things. But the way inflation works is that the cost of, of living uh, continues to increase. And if you, and so, if the cost of living and the inflation, um, let's say each year is about like two percent, three percent, and the bank is giving you an interest or an APY of you know usually about point one point zero one percent, meaning that your money uh, or, or is is growing slower. Then the cost of living is and uh, the cost of living is growing faster. So the the person or buying power that you, that your money has in the bank account is 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 decreasing. So you're actually losing money in the in the long run when your money is just in and your cash within like you know a savings account. So that's that's one part. Another part is is opportunity cost. If all your money is you, is within a savings savings account, you lose out on the op- opportunities as it relates to markets or different types of investments. It doesn't have to be related to the stock market. It could be real estate or any other type of uh, investment vehicle. Uh, when your money is just in the savings, you know. Yes, it's, it's, it's safe because it's still gonna it's still gonna be there, but you also lose out opportunities, especially with the way the market's been now. As as we look in the stock market, the stock market um, has hit like all um, new all-time highs about like I think about 30 or 31 times this year alone. So it's been a very robust um, year when it comes to the market. And if your money was just sitting in savings, you lost out on uh, all the opportunity.
0: I think one rule of investing is like you, you just invest with the with extra money. You know what I mean? It's right. like money that you're willing money that you're willing to, to spend and potentially lose since nothing is ever guaranteed,
1: right? Yeah, so, it's like,
0: so it's the extra money that you have that you'd be like, you know what, I don't want to just sitting there. Let me try and use this money to make money, right? So it's like taking that and like, all right, let me go put it in the stock market. Let me go put it in bonds. Let me go put it in real estate. Let me go put it in this, that, and a third. And like you said, like it's the opportunity cost. If you're sitting there, it's not doing anything, but at least if you invest it, you have the opportunity You know to make more money off of it than if it's just laying around
1: Um, right right and i i agree with you 100 percent piggybacking into what you were saying earlier um in terms of what it comes down to is is risk management and risk tolerance Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know let's say for example you do have twenty thousand dollars and you have you have it in cash um obviously i'm you know it doesn't it won't make the the most sense from a risk perspective to put it all into, you know, an investment vehicle uh, like the stock market. Uh, Obviously I think one part is to, you know, just track three to six months of expenses out of it and perhaps keep that within a savings account. So let's say it's about you know, just making a number of uh, Uh, Mm $6,000. So so you have that, that's kind of like your emergency rainy day fund. And then with the remaining $14,000 I will look for like, you know, different type of opportunity as it relates to like mutual funds, index funds, or just you know just buying out your own stocks or looking into real estate um uh, but yeah like that's what that's what boils down to so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that yeah for sure for sure so um diversifying
0: you know that's another big thing, big thing that you hear is like you no know, like i said don't want it all necessarily in one vehicle or one asset or anything like that you definitely want to um spread it out but like that's just i think that's just like one of the one of the i, I don't want to say basics but i guess what one of the basics of financial literacy, right, is that that saving and saving and investing. And what I love yep. about it is like it's not specific to one profession. Like it's not only one type of person who can save, invest, or do anything like that. You know what I mean? It's like this applies to everybody. Anybody, if you make any sort of money, you know, you can save and invest. You just need to. You just need to know, or you just need to be educated. You just need to be informed of it. Right. Um, and I think definitely for me like you said, surrounding yourself with people who have those conversations, or it could just be like, alright, you know, go, looking up YouTube videos, listening to podcasts, I know for me, like, listening to different like Gary V, or just listening yep. to just different um, type of podcasts where they discuss these things, um, it gives you the opportunity to learn about it, and then you just, you know, from learning about it, there's taking action, um, taking action on it, and I think like that's like the second step. Um, so, for I think it's just like kind of like just having that um what's the word? Having having that uh that fire or just having having the will, having that like initial spark to be like, all right, let me let me take action on yeah. this. Let me let me go let me go put this into practice. And like it's not nothing to really to be scared about. Like if you go educate yourself, you just learn. It's a process. You feel me? Like you win some, you lose some. There's been times where I've checked my portfolio and it's like red. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. Hey. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> It hurts. Yeah, you've
1: been, been there, yeah. Yeah, it
0: hurts. But there's other times you check in, it and it's green, and it's like, "Hi, right, making money today," you know. But like, it's all—it's all part of the, it's all part of the process, and like, you absolutely. Know, that's just like that's just stocks, you know what I mean? But like, when it comes to real estate, you know, it's different. Um, you know, different feelings, different um, you know, things that go along with that. But
2: something just, definitely distresses, like at this point, especially um, considering a lot of uh. Baby boomers are about to retire at the same age. You know, Social Security is more than likely going to fail people in our like generation, our age. So definitely, stuff like Roth IRAs and just different sources of income, like just a regular nine to five or minimum wage job, isn't going to cut it anymore. Um, you know, I saw many quotes today or the other day that uh, a lot of millionaires have at least seven sources of of income. So. At least personally I believe, hey, like a lot of people should should really understand and like go get educated and be more hands on in, in where their money's going and how that's being traded or how an investment vehicle works or in a market like the stock market, Forex, whatever you're into, just take a class. To be honest, I think
0: it should be required to be taught in schools uh, soon enough, but it should, honestly.
1: So uh, it. I agree.
0: Nah, for real, because I think we, we kind of discussed this a little bit before one of the early episodes. But like, that's not really something. When he said like, if you're if you're not from a family or community that talks about these things, a lot of times you're gonna grow up and not even know what these conversations are, what these are about. You can be like, oh, it's boring, or it can be like, it's not important. It's for quote unquote, you know, people with money. And it's like a lot of these things are. You don't have to have money to save. Like you don't have to have a lot of money to start saving. You know what I mean? Like if yeah, you, absolutely. You know, it's you start with what you have. You feel know I me? Mean? And like it kind of reminds me of two things that I've heard. One was, like, um, being poor is a mindset. You know, it it has nothing to do with how much cash you have. You know what I mean? So they're, like, if you take someone with a spend, 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 or, like, a poor mindset, you give them a million dollars, they're going to lose that million dollars, you know, as soon as they get it. You know what I mean? But then they're, like, if you take someone who has, like, a rich mindset or who has, like, a, you know, rich, like, mentality, you can give them five bucks, and they'll make that five bucks, like, they'll inv- they'll they'll save they'll learn to invest and they'll go make that million right back you know what i mean so i was like so that, that's one thing that like you just have to be you just have to be educated about it and like exposed and you know that's just the type of conversations that we as a community need to have and just like general people and you know, I guess that's one of the goals of the podcast to just introduce, you know, bring guests like Jabari, you know, who have experience in this and other people as well. And just to like give back and have these type of conversations. So it could be something that, you know, it's not too late and be like, you know, you know, the thirties, forties, and now all of a sudden you start, you want to start saving. It's like, nah, like as soon as you start getting money, no matter how young you are, you can have, you know, start having building savings account and start investing. And another thing, when you mentioned the seven streams of income, um, I've been listening to that, just a lot of different podcasts and things. And one thing I keep hearing is like, when when you hear seven streams of income, some people think like, okay, that means seven different jobs or seven different, you know, uh, places to get money. And that's not necessarily what it means. It means seven, like one, one side hustle or one job can produce seven streams of income within it. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean you have to have seven different jobs. For example, like, you know, for this podcast, right? um there there can be seven ways to make money through one podcast it's not like you need to have a podcast you know job um with like you know x amount of side hustles and things like that um so whatever you do whatever job you have right seven streams of income if you're a teacher right you could have money from teaching you could have money from tutoring you have money from getting a coach from being a coach you can have money coming from you know who knows what right if you're a doctor you can have you can have money from being your regular practice. You can have money from maybe like private, whatever. You can have money if you're a doctor. You can have money. You can have a, your own podcast, YouTube video about teaching people to be healthy and things like that, right? So Absolutely. it's like being creative and having seven have seven different ways to make money within either your specialty, your side hobby, or anything like that. So um, just like, you know, just piggybacking off of what Edom said, that's just something that, you know, that I heard that. That Again, these apply to anybody, no matter what job. You can be a teacher, you can be a construction worker, you can do whatever. You can have your specialty, you can teach somebody, you can mentor, you could give classes, you can do whatever you want. Just be creative um, in, in getting those seven streams. Uh, I think that that covers that topic pretty in depth. Um, how about we take, we'll take a quick break here um, and then Edom will come with us for the word of the day and then we'll go into our last segment welcome back everybody to the everybody eats podcast we're here with jabari richard talking about financial literacy the importance how to apply it um so we just finished that discussion now we're, we're getting ready for our quote of the day um so for those who are tuning in Edom has a quote he will say it and then uh jabari and i we have to guess who uh, who said the quote and where is it from? So, Edom, what's the quote?
2: If you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you'll work till you die.
1: Is that? Mm, I definitely heard this before. I just don't. If you I don't
0: is that Warren Buffett? Uh,
1: yeah. Ah, uh, nice, 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 gotcha. nice, nice. Gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. It's funny because I think I feel like I heard that either this week or last week. I heard that. I heard that recently too.
1: Uh, yeah, I
2: was on Instagram and I, I saw I saw a quote huh. of his pop up. So I was like, all right, use that, use that.
1: Where, where? Well, can you say it again?
2: If you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you'll work until you die. You die. For sure.
1: That's what. That's that's one of my uh, one of my goals is to start finding money. Um, is to make money while I'm while I'm sleeping. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, the stock market is open during the time I'm awake, but hopefully through other endeavors that I have planned uh, coming up um, in the near-term future, hopefully I will achieve that and, and can live by live by that quote.
0: Nah, for we'll sure. Over. London um, markets.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something, right?
0: Overseas yeah. markets. I know um, I was in Some Forex business, for a right? little bit, but I know like, that's one thing that they stress. Um, I one thing I really want to get into myself is just mailbox money. Like when it comes to just real estate, like that's another way you could just just make money monthly, just coming into your to your crib. You know, just checks, just checks rolling in. But um, it's like it's honestly whatever suits you, whatever whatever market, whatever investment you know fits you best. Find what find ways to just you can go to sleep and start making money while you're sleeping. That's the goal.
2: Should always be the goal. Then stop working relax chill
0: uh yeah like what did jay say in 444 um man i'm trying to think
2: of one i ain't the one for that
0: album is my only hope um damn i forgot the line that comes after that but uh do you listen to the 444 album jabari
1: uh no i haven't listened to it nah
0: oh come on yeah I yeah, know
1: I'm, I'm slacking. It's, it's I'm good but
0: he has in one of his songs like financial freedom is my only hope. I forgot the line after that. Um, but like in that in that song, um, he pretty much like spits free game about
1: like what's the name of it? Because at at work, you know, I at my job, I, I sit down usually about ten hours, <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely I definitely have a lot of time to listen to audio. So what was the name of it? I'm going to make a quick note of it. 4:44 by Jay Z came out like two years ago. I think it
2: was on the story of OJ. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think now that yeah, it came out a while ago. I definitely heard a couple of songs, but I, I never gave the album. I never did like a whole full like sit down and listen from beginning to end. Yeah. Uh, but I'm definitely gonna put that on my agenda of things to do this week. Yeah, because, for sure.
0: Uh, it's a, it's a pretty good album. That song uh, "Story of OJ." He he talks a lot about like I, right. and He's
1: he's he's dropping a lot of gems in terms of where to pitch your money and how to how to spend your money and what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I vaguely yeah, remember, but I could definitely use a refresher. Definitely,
2: yeah, definitely. I was going to use a quote from it. Uh, the beginning of that. He talks about, you know, you want to know what's more than what's more important than throwing away money at a strip club credit. So I was like, ah, oh,
0: that's. Too yeah, good. that's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
1: I, I think um, I think that's where you heard the quote. If, if if you can't buy it twice, you can't afford it. Something yeah. like that. Yeah,
0: that was yeah. actually that was. I, yeah, we, we mentioned about that in one of the early episodes. I'm not sure if it came from the album, but I know it's definitely him who said it. But, like, that, once I heard that, man, that, like, that struck something to me. Like, yo, if you can't buy it twice, you can't like, it. yeah, like, man, you really got to really gotta have the money. And, like, it, it, like again, I think it just goes back to discipline. You know, like, unfortunately, I feel like just a lot of people, and I think people in our community kind of live with the idea, like, you got money, you just got to spend it on nice things. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, it's not wrong to have nice yeah. things. Just have your priorities in
1: order. No, I, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you.
0: But, I mean, like, it's Christmas season. I like I like, uh, I like nice things, right? So, if any of our listeners, if you want to give me nice things, we'll be always here. But, um, that's that.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you drop the address. Yeah. So the mail, so the mail to you. Hit
0: us up. Uh, hit us up. YouTube. Instagram. Right? If you got something. If you got some Christmas gifts for us. Um, which is my I, I got to do Christmas shopping for my mom. But, um. Let's go to our next segment. You don't you found this article, so I'm interested in it. Could you, could you speak on what? It's called The FIRE Strategy. Could you speak on that a little bit more? The FIRE Movement. So actually, movement.
2: Um, two days ago, or was it two days ago? What are we? Yesterday, actually, my sister's friend came over, and she was asking me if I heard about the FIRE Movement. And um, it's basically, FIRE stands for Financial Independence, Retire Early. So, Mm, the goal is to invest aggressively between 50 and 75% of your income. So, that, yeah, yeah. So you can retire (laughs) early in your 30s or 40s.
1: So, yeah,
2: talking about that $5 example, you know, uh, I'm not going to do quick math with that, but, uh, you know, let's just say you save four and you live off the one, or you save three, you live off the two.
0: Yeah, that would be like save three, live off the two.
2: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So, um, I mean, is that is? I mean, I guess it's possible. That's, like – that would take crazy, like, discipline and crazy, like, you really got to know what you want. You know what I mean? I'm like – like, To me, I like,
2: I think a lot of that is – I think it's pretty realistic. Maybe if you have a really, like uh, – like your cousin, Emmanuel, if you, you know, work work a regular full-time job and then on the side, let's say, on weekends, you know, you Uber – Or you work a part time at like your Kifu or Stop and Shop or Whole Foods, whatever you got. And um, I don't know, put all that money into your your retirement. But that to me is pretty, I think it's pretty extreme. It's the most extreme thing I've heard. But uh, this is just (laughs) like a movement to combat or just to help along with uh, stuff like, you know, um, Roth IRAs and just another source of being able to save your money. So you don't have to depend on so stuff like Social Security or things that are bound to, you know, fail us later. Yeah. Um, but no, I never heard of it until, until yesterday. And I just think it's uh, I, it's pretty dope, I think. Uh, it's a pretty good, I think, idea. But I personally think going about it is, is probably not going to be fun, per se. You know, you, it's definitely, I think it's built on the, uh, the what, sacrifice now and enjoy later mentality.
0: Yeah, for
2: but, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, if I believed in this, you know, I, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd probably be working.
1: But <laughs> um, uh, I think
2: it's a dope idea. I don't know, you, you guys, your thoughts.
1: Uh, yeah, I think about that. No, I. Just, um, so I never, I never heard of the of the method um, as described the, the way in which you did said it. We said the the fire strategy, um, but I definitely seen stuff like similar stuff to, um, uh, to that. I just I just never never heard of a name. I, I never heard it. Um, sorry, I'm stuttering, but I never heard a name for it per se. But uh, it's definitely it's definitely possible. I think one of the key key things is like it says 50 to 70 percent of, of income. That's that's really hard to to achieve, especially um, early on. Um, as you know like a, a lot of Americans I would say about the expenses to, to the income ratio is anywhere between 90 percent to 100 percent because there is a lot of people that live that live paycheck to paycheck um, which which will indicate that your expenses matches your, matches your income um, so to say 50 to 70 percent of income I think one of the, one of the things that you will have to have is uh, is, is have to, uh, to have a high income and then obviously like low expenses and those those that's, so that's one component where um, ideally if you if you can achieve fifty seven percent of income like that's that's a, that's a great feat um, I, I will love that but um, I mean Ministers you you would save fifty. Uh, 50-70% of income. So if you save in 70% of your income, that would assume that um, 30%, the other 30% relates to your expenses. Um, so to have expenses at 30% of your income is, is extremely hard. But it's not to say that it's not possible. Like you said, like if you can, you can go for those high income jobs or you could go for those multiple sources of income. Like, you know, you have your uh, 9 to 5, but then you have like your Uber on the side, right? And then with all the money that you do get, you put it into different investment vehicles. You know, the, the power of compounded interest is like, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And so it's definitely is one of the things. Like, if you are disciplined, if you if and you was able to achieve those numbers, um, and with the help of compounding interest, I don't see why someone can't, you know, realize that that method and, and be able to retire or live comfortably once they hit forties. So, so no, right. could, I, could you explain
0: I, I, compounding interest? What's that? What's that concept for those who don't know?
1: Hey, yeah, you, you like you like me to explain these these terms, but I just kinda <laughs> know how I, I know I know how they work. I just I don't necessarily know how to how to say it, but uh compound <laughs> compounded interest is is essentially, you know, if, if it's, it's taking the money that, that you that you earn, uh, let's look at it from like a yearly perspective, and, and taking that money that you earn, which will be your interest. So let's say you have like eight percent interest and you have a hundred dollars. At the end of the year, you have a hundred dollars, which is your principal, plus the eight percent, which would be eight dollars, uh, which would be one oh eight. And it's taking so what's compound interest is it's t- essentially taking that eight dollars and keeping your money within your and keeping it and letting that be now become part of your principal and not taking it out. Um, so that essentially is compound interest because now, yeah, if, um, if you're not withdrawing any funds, it's going to grow a lot faster. As to some people who, if you know, sometimes they may achieve like a 10% year over year, but they're taking out five percent, you know, for whatever reason may be. So if you wanted to let it uh, compound. Um, I don't know if you were able to explain it uh, better, but that's that's my uh, that's how I view it. Nah, I think nah, that's go. that's
0: the best definition I heard, bro. You yeah, i got <laughs> <college, bro. Yeah. laughs> I went to school for four years for that, and I think that was probably the best definition, like
1: the clear. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Because you got to say things. You know, obviously, not everyone is is uh, has a finance or economics background. So you're trying to explain things as simple and as easy as possible. I, th- I think that's that's the best way to explain it. No, yeah, every
2: sure. time I, like, I see compound interest, I, I think the formula, the, the simple interest formula, A equals P, U, D, one and RT, and I just like, yeah,
0: no,
1: nah, no, nah, I'm good. I
0: think, I think that, that really gets it across. Like, if you have $100 and you invest it and you get 8%, now you have $108, right? So, for me, it's like, all right, now the following year, instead of investing $100, instead of taking those $8 and putting to into your pocket, now you have $108 in total. Now you can invest that $108, right? That's right, right. that total and- thing and now you're getting another 8% on top of that and if you keep doing that it's compounding or increasing interest on interest and at first it may not sound like a lot but on like the the point of compounding interest is long term, right? So when you're right. thinking long term, maybe 10 years from now, 20 years from now, right? That $100 that you started off with who God knows who like how much that's gonna be in 10, 20 years from now when you're say looking to retire, right? And it's like, oh, I started saving this 20 years ago, and I was just letting the market just like go to work or like my investment, whatever you are, real estate, trading, market, whatever. I just let it go to work. Boom. Now 20 years later, you have all this money saved up and you didn't take it out, but you just let the interest, you let the market, you let the money make money. You let the money make money. Honestly, that's it. You right. Just let the money make money.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, no. Hundred. percent. And and I like that. What's it called again? Because uh, as as you guys speak, I'm like writing down notes. I uh, definitely want to uh, read more about that. You said it was an article, right? Someone wrote it. The fire method. Oh,
0: the fire. Yeah, fire method. I think-
2: fire movement.
1: Yeah, it oh, was. Uh,
0: yeah, you can Google it. There's an
2: article written by uh, you said what is David,
1: David Ramsey? Ramsey? I think David Ramsey. Ramsey. I saw it. Oh yeah. uh, you said Dave. Dave Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I'm a huge Dave Ramsey guy. I I agree with essentially ninety nine percent of the things that he says. Um, uh, you know, some people have the have their thoughts on you know their own um criticism when it when it comes to Dave Ramsey, but I'm like a huge fan and advocate of him. Just in, gotcha. uh, F- FYI, I definitely live and uh, by the Dave Ramsey uh uh uh, rule and code. Gotcha, so gotcha. uh, it's pretty out there.
0: I personally, I've heard a lot about him. I personally have not looked too much into him. So it's something I could probably, um, I should probably get into. I'm sure he probably has like a podcast or something I could just listen to yep. while I'm at he work. has a
1: bunch of YouTube videos. Yep. Ooh, yeah. Awesome.
0: Awesome. But like, I've definitely heard good things about him, about, um, his investment strategy. I'm sure that I think he, is he on like the news, like CNBC or something like that?
1: Is he on... To my you understanding, I don't, show I, he has he has a show on on YouTube. And he has a pretty strong following. He's he's been in the game for about uh, thirty years or so. Okay, but I don't think he's necessarily in CNN. Like his his angle when it comes to finances is not really like a CNN um, type of thing. Um, you know, they relate more to like to like the markets. When, you know the stuff that sells guess like viewerships his his more is more about discipline and paying off debt you know the gotcha, boring gotcha. stuff so so you know that's the more the stuff yeah. that you got to actively kind of lo- like want to look at and, and search on YouTube and, and, and find got gotcha,
0: you got gotcha. you so yeah it's more again like that discipline getting that paying things
1: off credit and
0: I guess like investing in, in different strategies like that yep yep got gotcha, you got gotcha. you um, definitely definitely so um I think honestly that do you have, Edom? Do you have anything um, else to say regarding that topic? Uh no,
2: personally.
0: Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Um, if if it's if it's okay with your guys, because sound it seems like unless I'm wrong, that you guys are starting to wrap up. I do would like to kind of just go back to our first topic, mm-hmm. and then just kind of list over a few like points and principles that that I uh, live by and and believe in, and then if you For guys sure, have, if you guys want to comment on it. Or, or whatever um you know please do so but i kind of just want to kind of give like a quick rundown if that's okay with I yeah. guys no that's perfectly fine let us know yeah all right yeah so just going back when it comes to like financial literacy and a, a, as i speak to when i say peers you know we all about like the same same age and and we all we all um you know same age, same, same generation you know, yeah, yeah. so 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 my my advice that because people often they come to me and, and they ask me for financial advice because they understand that i'm a am a pretty finance um, savvy type guy just you know just just in general through like my instagram postings or just through conversation but then also like that's what I do for a career. I, I handle um, corporations' finances. And so, and it's, you know, and when you can handle a, a finance corporation and do like, you know, budgets for $100 million, when it comes to your own personal budget, when it's a, a few thousands, you know, things can you pretty. you get pretty good at good at your own personal finances. Yeah, uh, sure. So, the fir- so first thing I was, when I, when, I, when I speak to people and they come to me for advice, I said the first thing you want to do is, is build up, and you guys may have talked about this before, but um, is build up six months of expenses. Mm-hmm. and it's to really build up six months of expenses for obvious reasons too but more so like you know if, if there is an emergency what's to happen on like a rainy rainy day but then too what a lot of people don't also realize is that when you have those six months of, of expenses built up it really helps with your confidence um and and that's that's a big big component of it and one thing i tell people is what you want to do is spend like two three months and track your expenses um, or your, all your cash expense and all your credit cards expense uh, for those two three months and then come up with like a, with what, what you think a realistic number is for your, for your monthly expense then add like a cushion to it like a 10 percent and then multiply by that by six and that should be your target for your, for your savings account. Um, could you say that
0: one more, could you say that formula one more time?
1: Yeah, no, I, I would. I would say that. I, I. i This is what I personally recommend to people. Yeah, you know, yeah. when it when it comes to when it comes to finance, um, part of it is a science, but another part of it is art. So that's why there's so many opinions about it. Um. So, but for me in particular, I, I recommend that people track their expenses for two to three months, and then, uh, whatever they come up with, like the average number is, let's say your average expenses a, a thousand. I will apply a ten percent cushion to it. Just in case, I always like um, to use cushions or like safety nets. Um, mm-hmm. So, ten percent of one hundred of one thousand would be like an extra one hundred. Uh, mm-hmm. So your monthly expense would be like eleven 1, hundred, and then multiply that by that by six, and then you know your, your goal or your target to have in your savings for have six months of expenses is six thousand six hundred. And the reason for the ten percent is is more so because sometimes there might be some expenses that you just didn't didn't incur for during those two three months that you just not take into account. And then yeah. also it's just you know you know being being in finance. And in the part of finance that I am, it was always good to be conservative, as opposed yeah. to being aggressive. At least the part that that I am. I can't speak for all um, finance, um, but in the, the part that I am is always good to be, because you always want to kind of be um, um, more conservative when it comes to like your revenue and your income that you're making when it comes to companies, and then more aggressive in your expenses. That's a that's the conservative approach. So that's the formula.
0: Got you. Got you. Really yep. appreciate that. That's smart.
1: Yeah, and then the the second thing is that I recommend people um, not taking into building equity um, like by paying off debt and student loans or, or credit cards, but if, if possible, I would say to it's it's good to achieve and keep your expenses seventy to eighty percent of your income. Um, because that other that the other twenty or thirty percent that's of, of, of money that you're making does not doesn't have to be obligated to expenses. That's your opportunities, you know, to to save and and, and invest and, and grow your money. Uh, is is that difference right there? So I said keep expenses 70, 80 percent, and a lot of times people look at their money and the expenses is is matches their income. And yeah. I said if if that's the case, then one of your goals should be, you know, to to achieve that benchmark of my expenses is only 70 percent of my income. And two ways to do that is to one, obviously, is to increase your income, which we talked about earlier, Ubers, Lyft, and other streams of income. But Another one is to reduce your expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you'd be surprised a lot of us and myself included there's ways to reduce your expenses you was to take a hard look into it you could say you know what i don't need to spend 800 dollars in investments each month you know i can i can i can i can uh, i don't i don't necessarily have to do that uh, so those are those are the those are the two things that i kind of quickly uh wanted to note um and, yeah, and and that was it that was like you know those two, two bullet thumbs that i, I really uh I uh, live by. Um, for those who want, you know, need help tracking the expenses, and you guys probably know more about this than me. But I like to just use simple Excel. But I know there is other tools like Mint and No Wallet that I've um, been told. I uh, heard they both good apps. I personally don't use either of them. Could you uh, say them again, just in case? Uh, Mint, Mint, Mint.com. Mint, Mint is like M-I-N-T. Yep, yep, yep. So Mint. Okay. What you could do is, what you could do is, you can uh, connect your uh credit cards and, and bank information and other uh debt obligations like your student loans and okay. Mint will, will monitor and track uh all your spending through, through your cards um and also they would track your income and they, the way they track your income is they just because they, they could they could see your direct deposits coming in and then gotcha. they have like a bunch of like analytical tools which is really helpful and user friendly um that's why i've been told i don't i don't i, I don't use mint and no wallets. So i can't vouch for them from like a user Perspective, But I can vouch for them in terms of um, what the recommendations and the reviews I have heard. Uh, Yep, yep, yep. So those are the the two quick things I kind of just want to quickly mention that I don't necessarily need to get a chance to cover in the very beginning.
0: Nah, for sure. I really appreciate that. That's like some really smart. That's some really smart advice. So to cover again, you said um, try and save up about six percent, six months of your expenses And have that um, tucked away and my brother taught me uh, the same thing always have like an emergency fund a set of money that like God forbid you get laid off or whatever so you have money to live off of um, you know whatever happens so you can have a couple months buffer if you're looking for jobs looking to move or anything that you have you have that money sitting there and like what I was taught it was like have that money there and like don't touch it like pretend it's not even there you know what I mean that's just like the emergency fund that's money that you put into like once you start working You add to it, add to it, add to it, and then, like, after, you know, you have that amount set, you can add to it, like, here and there, but you don't look at it, you don't touch it, you just throw money in there for, you know, like, whatever, you know what I mean? Right, right. Any emergency. And then the other one...
1: Yep, sorry, keep going.
0: Oh, I was going to say, and the other one that you just said was, like like, try and limit your expenses. And, like, when it comes to limiting, like you said, like, you'll find people spend money on the weirdest, on the craziest things. I'm like, you myself, right? Like if you have streaming services, if it comes to just like clothes, it comes to whatever, like you'll find, if you look at your credit card statements, you can be like, all right, what do I really need to spend money on? What can I spend less money on? And if you just really like take the time to go through your expenses, you'd be surprised. You can cut off a couple of things and that could just be, you know, a couple of dollars or maybe a couple hundred dollars a month that you find out that you could just end up saving and that can go towards your emergency fund or you could use that money to just save and use that f- to invest in real estate or whatever you want to invest in um, in the future. So I think that was actually some, that was really some good advice. Yep. Yep.
1: Just, yep. Just going back to what you, what you were saying. Yeah. My, my rule of thumb is I ideally I would say keep your expenses um, 70% of your income. And uh, I know we all pretty straight uh, smart people, but just to kind of give you like a number example, you know, if, if, if you make a thousand dollars, uh, um, a month right your, your, your expenses should be no more than um, 800 dollars uh, mm-hmm. so that the, the remaining 200 dollars is, is and it could be used to so what use things that you just mentioned um, for for investment opportunities and it, like and it may not seem like a lot in the beginning but you'd be surprised with the, with the power of compound interest how much it could be in 5 10 uh, 15, 15 years
0: exactly and if if anyone's thinking like what about money for myself what about money for entertainment that goes under expenses
1: right so expenses
0: can be bills utilities car or whatever but that under expenses also includes like the food you need to eat if you're going out to party like whatever like clothes like all any either necessities or wants all of that money that you spend that goes under expenses right so that extra like say in this instance extra two hundred dollars that should be money, like, strictly for saving, investing, you know, financial freedom, you know, goal. But then all that, yeah, you know, movies, you clothes, cars, whatever you want to do that, that goes under the expense column.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I'm, I'm super glad you, you mentioned that because, yeah, um, all that stuff uh, goes into your expenses. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where if, if, you do the, if you do the math and your expenses is, you know, 90 95% of your income, then you and you have to start cutting back. Usually the things you have to first cut back on is like those categories, is like entertainment, because you can't yeah. cut back your fixed costs. Like you still have to pay for rent, you still have to pay for, uh, you know, for for food and utilities and stuff like that. But yeah, that's that's. I'm glad I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that. And for those who um. Looking for in terms of like investment. There's this passive ways in, in which you can invest and passive mean that you don't you don't have to You don't have to monitor it or check on it often You could check on it like once a quarter and those are through like index funds and mutual funds and there's apps that you know Would do things for you now. I don't know if you guys use them, but there's just like a Elkhorn El- or acorn a better uh, um, acorn there's like another one like Betterment. Um, that you could just choose like different funds to to invest in these are like kind of like you know more conservative safe funds they have as options and if you if you want to be you know like me i'm more i'm more of what you would call like a assertive investor like i check on my investments and my stocks daily Uh, so with that being said i I could use Robinhood because Robinhood you you pick and choose your your own stocks there's no funds that you can uh, that they have for you. So if you so for me, I, I could use like the Robin Hoods or the Fidelities, Um But someone that's wanting to be more passive. They're not really into it But they want to get into like different vehicles You could definitely do some research, but there's definitely funds out there for those type of individuals because it's like a misconception where people think that in terms of they have to start investing they have to um, spend a, a, a Lot amount of time and looking into their portfolios and accounts and that's just a, a common misconception that I would like to uh, address
0: No, nah, definitely for sure like and when it comes to just, like, looking for things to invest, um, I mean, we could go through a whole topic about that. Mm-hmm. But I remember um, – I, I think I told you about Wall Street Trapper. Um, yeah. One, yeah. Thing he, one thing that he uh, – one thing that – when I went to the EYL conference, one thing that he says, it's like, oh, you know, people say – people come up to him saying all the time, I'm like, oh, I want to invest in stocks, but I don't know where to start, Right. Like he was like, yo, start with the things with the companies that you use every day. Right. When it comes to your phone, when it comes to your clothes, whatever you have, start investing in those companies. If you're going to buy their service use their product and buy their services, you might as well start, you know, owning some of that company. Right. So if you're going to use an Apple iPhone, right, start looking to see maybe you want to invest in Apple, if you want to start wearing like you know louis v right if you love all these like high name brands a lot of those companies are public so start looking start looking into there if you don't know where to start and then after that just kind of comes like research and knowledge of how to do your money but like you know that just comes up to you with you know taking the time to just research listen to podcasts watch videos david ramsey you know you know gary v all these other guys and use apps right. like he mentioned acorn Robinhood. like the tools are out there right you just have to be educated and you just have to you know um be able to do it yourself and like again that's another goal of the podcast of giving back and letting people know right so everybody eats
1: yep exactly um i i agree i agree for sure for sure so um is there any anything else any other tips that you want to give out uh any more tips i want to give out yep give me one quick second yep uh another uh, two two other quick tips that that when it comes to when it comes to finance uh, can you guys hear me clear? I had to move my spot. Sorry about that. Yeah, no,
0: it's fine. We hear you clear.
1: Oh no. Uh, so yeah, we we cover. So I had like a little uh, in, in preparation for 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 this um episode. I, you know, I had a few notes and some of it uh, I made my point to address it, and the others we just kind of uh, touched on it just through conversation. But, mm-hmm. the, but the last thing I, I want to say as as it, as a relates to relates to credit cards, um, I see this happening with a lot of with a lot of with a lot of peers as. It's to be disciplined. It's it's just to it's it's to be disciplined. I know when it comes to credit cards, I personally, and this is a could be a whole another different subject of conversation. I don't I don't use credit cards um at at all. Uh, one of the, one of the, the cons of me not using a credit card is that I'm not I'm not building my credit, but also one of the pros is that I literally have no credit card debt. Um but one thing I want to say about credit cards is that a lot of people they they um they keep mentioning all the um I forgot what they call it, just that fast. Um, the cashbacks you know or or, or or like the points or the, the rewards C- system so. cash yeah.
0: rewards yeah yeah cash exactly top rewards yeah. all that yeah
1: right 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 so you know th- there's an argument that says hey like if i if you was going to buy item a regardless then yes it does make sense to buy, pay with your credit card because you do get some type of um cash back or reward back i i agree with that 100 um but the reason why those those cashbacks and reward programs are there is to not is is, is to actually increase you're spending like sometimes people just buy stuff just off the door process that they get cash back and i and i say that 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 doesn't make any type of sense because you're going to spend something um and you're going and you're only going to get back maybe like one or two percent uh and so what people have noticed is that when people do have credit cards they tend to spend about 20 to 30 percent more in general um, which doesn't so I always tell people like if you if you're gonna do credit cards um, be very disciplined and, and literally only use it for for stuff that you that you absolutely need so you can't beat those those cashback um, reward points and everything like that but for the most part you know credit card companies those are smart people they know you more than it more than you know yourself uh, believe it or not I know I know people who work in the, in the, in the credit card industry and That's it could be bad. so, yeah. so <laughs> I I, I i would say that because sometimes and I, I see people happen to people like yeah i shouldn't have bought that but i decided to buy it because i got two percent cash back i'm like to me that's like the most mm-hmm. ridiculous that's to me that's like the most ridiculous thing and then uh and what another thing that i see when it comes to credit cards is that um people always say you know i'm just gonna get a little credit card just to kind of pay for the expensive bill of my credit but then oftentimes they do end up um digging themselves in a the deep hole when it comes to credit cards so i just want to say like credit cards just Please be extremely disciplined, because, like I said, like I work with people and I work with their finances. I, I work with people' with personal finances. It's to the point where I, I do it for free. If anyone wants to wants to want me to help them, they more than welcome to to reach out or contact me. I don't know if you're gonna provide my contact at the end of the episode. But no, no definitely,
0: the, we'll get that at the end.
1: Yeah, but one of the things that I definitely I definitely noticed when it comes to individuals, one one of the problems is credit card debt, and and a lot of times it could have been avoided. And it's it's kind of sad when people come to me and they have like you know, fourteen thousand dollars in debt and it's just kind of crippling them in credit cards. And then and I say, like, why did you have it? And it's like, honestly, I don't even know. or oh, I was getting cash backs, but obviously and now they end a big problem. So yeah. <laughs> or oh, you're
0: getting debt that back. That's what you getting. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So I just wanted I just, I just I just wanted to I just wanted to say that. But in terms of any more tips and I think we covered um everything that I wanted to cover. And uh, you know, thank you guys for having me on the episode. I truly appreciate it.
0: Nah, for sure. Credit cards, like you said, that could be a whole other topic itself, but that kind of goes back to the J statement of like, if you can't pay for it twice, you shouldn't get it. Right. Yeah. The biggest thing about credit cards, don't buy it unless you have the money to pay for it. No, if, unless you have the money to pay for it now and you have the money to pay for it at the end of the statement. Right. And that's just the biggest thing. Right. Credit cards are nec- To me, how IBM credit cards are neutral. They're not necessarily good or bad. It just depends on how you use them. Right. right again, exactly. Like, we like have to like, yeah. Like there that. are benefits with cash back and rewards, but that only that only applies to people who are disciplined enough in order to pay for to buy something on credit now and at the end of the month pay for it fully, right? Not pay for it partially. Pay for it fully, so you don't have to worry about debt interest and you know compounding all that other stuff. But I think we'll save that for another episode because we, right, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, yeah, we could go on. Go on and yeah. About that. Um, but for sure, man. Thank you very much for coming on today's episode. You mentioned that people can go to you for some, um, for some financial for, um, uh, planning, for anything really, uh, like, for anything, for anything, like yeah. check, checking their finances and stuff. So, how do people contact you? Like Instagram or whatever? Like, how do they reach yeah, out? Yeah,
1: yeah. So obviously we 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 all millennials. So um, in terms of Instagram, you could contact me at jrichpicks. and then you know shoot me a DM and we could take it from there. But my Instagram handle is J A Y. R-I-C-H-P-I-K-S. Uh, that's my Instagram name. And then also if you want to just shoot me a simple email, I, I do check my emails um, at least, you know, 10 times a day. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's it's my it's my first name, which is Jabari, J A B A R I, uh Richards, S. dot J R at Gmail.com. Uh, I think those are the two best ways to uh, get in contact with me. And then also, I have no problem with getting, putting my phone number out there. If you guys want to just shoot me a simple text at 347-288-7502. Uh, that might be the easiest form of communications because uh, despite how busy I am at work, I always find time to 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 uh, to send a text message. So, uh, easy, so, so, so yeah, so, so that's that.
0: Got gotcha, you. heard that lady. So just like want. Um, he gave out his number, email, all that stuff. So yeah.
1: there's no excuses. Like yo, I couldn't get in contact with you. I'm like, hey, I, I gave you three different forms. Uh, so, so, so that's that's your problem so yeah
0: so we really appreciate that definitely check out jabari if you want any help if you want any advice on managing your finances that's really important again doesn't matter what field you're in what profession you are this is everybody eats it doesn't matter who you are what you do financial freedom is our only hope right you want to make sure that you're financially literate you're spending your money wisely the goal is generational wealth right so if you hear all these words but it's time to take action so especially coming up into the new year that's something that i want to make sure myself my colleagues, the people I'm around, and all of our viewers—something that we keep in mind. For me, 2020 is the year of growth. So, God willing, I want to grow in my finances. I want to grow in my discipline. I want to grow personally. So, make sure that I want everybody on the same journey with me. That you know, that we, everybody eats. That's it. You know what I mean. So that's that's the point of the name of the podcast. So, I want us all to grow and all to do that. So, thank you again, Jabar, for popping on to today's episode. For those listening, make sure you check us out on all our platforms uh apple podcast spotify google castbox we're on there make sure you um are subscribing to our youtube channel make sure you like share with your friends all that um merry by the time this drops i hope you guys have a uh, happy uh happy holidays merry christmas kwanzaa hanukkah whatever you celebrate um and yeah thanks for rocking with us we'll see you guys next week